0: So welcome back. This episode, we are going to be talking about homeschooling, um, something we are all very passionate about. Um, if you don't homeschool and you listen into this, take it as a way to maybe work with your kids learning styles when they get back from school. Because honestly, I think the best education, whether you go to school or not, parents need to be involved. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many things that you as a parent, you have so many hours with your kids um, at the end of the day or even the weekends, just it's a lot about learning your parenting styles. Let's just jump right in. Uh, why don't you talk about Stephanie? I learned about the good and the beautiful from her, and I actually just started it a year ago, and I'm in love with it, but I want Stephanie to talk a little bit about what the curriculum offers, the language arts curriculum specifically.
1: Specifically language arts, yes. So go for it. So uh, my first year of homeschooling, I had a really hard time the first six months and I was like lesson planning and doing all these things that you don't need to be doing um but I was doing all these things and someone brought up to me halfway through my year the good and the beautiful language arts and I because I about January I was like if this is what homeschool is I'm not doing it she's going back to school (laughs) Uh, she was going she was in first grade so she had gone to kindergarten my oldest and then we pulled her home and um I someone mentioned the good and the beautiful language arts and I looked it up online and I was like, well, it's only $45 or I think at the time, that's what the level one was. And um, I thought, well, that's not very expensive. Even if we don't, even if I hate it, oh, well, $45 $45. So I bought it in January, halfway through the, our school year and um, instantly loved it. A couple things that I love about their language arts program, and I have tried to go away from it and try other, other ones. And I always go back. Always, and so now I'm like, why do I even try? <laughs> um, I'm sure there might be ones that work out there for other people, but this one is just so inclusive. It has um, spelling, it has reading, writing, phonics, um, geography, art, art, All poetry, things. music, uh, music. It has everything, mm-hmm. everything, and there's zero prep work for mom. You yeah. open it up; they're short, concise lessons that are packed. It tells you exactly what to do. You yep. read to the child, child reads has to you. Has little check marks, which has is super check marks, fun. It's totally the type A personality <laughs> in me. I'm like, yes, I get so much satisfaction from checking, checking off. things
0: off. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: dictation, I, it just, it literally has everything. Yep. And if you are a new homeschool mom, I cannot recommend this enough for new homeschool moms because it's so simple. Yes. And um, it's right there, you know, you... I think every mom, every homeschool mom sometimes has that, that tinge. I, I, the more years I go, the less I have mm-hmm. it. But in the beginning, am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. Am I, am I giving them yes. enough? Am I teaching them everything they need to know? And I feel that way with this over and beyond. I I mean, yeah.
0: And so, something to add to that, like I have used the paces for a while and mm-hmm. I do like the paces. They have their place. And I feel like there are certain things and I'll, I'll probably like sub a couple things with my five-year-old when she gets to the point of using that but it's only going to be for a short time. Mm-hmm. Something I really appreciate about the language arts of the good and the beautiful. And this is not an ad. This is a bragging. It is, yeah, this, this is, is bragging exactly works for it works. Works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the lessons are very short. Like I appreciate yes. that. Like less is more. My kids know more mm-hmm. and they're less stressed mm-hmm. because everything is concise. Like you're not going to do an art lesson every day. You'll do it maybe every few mm-hmm. lessons, but that's so enjoyable. Geography gets thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And all these subjects that would probably cost, I would say maybe four to $500. If I bought Mm -hmm. each of these subjects Mm -hmm. individually from different curriculums cost me a total of 80 bucks per kid. I would say on average, on average yeah for language arts, definitely highly recommend the good and the beautiful. Mm -hmm. If you're just starting out or like, even if you've been in it a while and you're just like, I'm sick and tired of teaching my kids for 12 hours a day. Right. Like I have six kids and we homeschool and it takes me from about nine o'clock to 1230 to get all of them done. Now I do like I'm one of those that sits down and it's like you, you, this you, and everybody's going to yeah. like, I'm not playing around. You're going to finish your school right now, and right here. Mm-hmm. And then, and being able to do that in that amount of time for that yes. many kids is just so rewarding. And then we get to to work on the other things in our life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we get to go outside and learn whatever it is we want to do out there, you know, use your imagination for those who might have high schoolers. Science mm-hmm. is a big thing. Like
1: mm-hmm. the,
0: that was probably one of the hardest subjects for me to, to locate. Yeah. I cheated in any grade. I yeah. mean, really yeah.
1: science for me is just not an interest. Yes.
0: And, but I cheated. I got on Instagram and I was like, <laughs> all right, all you cool moms who know mm-hmm. all the things. What's your favorite science curriculum? Mm-hmm. And Ariel high school, I think I do like good and the beautiful for science for kids. Cause it's just so inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what is your recommendations for, um, science from a high school? And can you, can you give like maybe more than one that people can like look at and maybe get value from?
2: Yeah. So um, I do have a high schooler. She's due to graduate next year. Um, and we can have a whole podcast when we talk about like transcripts and like what to do for mm, career that would be very beneficial. Yeah, trades. Um, but as far as science goes, so for my state specifically, the way it's written is she has to have so many sciences. So she definitely needs to have chemistry and biology and some other things. What we looked at when we, and this is just me personally in homeschooling, when I go to homeschool my child, I ask them what they are most interested in. Now there are some things that you're like, well, I know you're not interested in it, or like you hate school, but we're going to do this anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, I've been asking my children what they're interested in, and so we've been going like that. Instead of going, okay, ninth grade, you need to do biology, and a tenth grade, you need to do this. It's like, no, let's get the the box packs of um, Kiwico. Let's get Kiwico boxes, Mm -hmm. the engineer packs, and let's ease into science because you may not be finding it very enjoyable. And then we'll get like supplement books here and there. But my biggest recommendation for parents when they're on the search for a curriculum is of course, and this really gears more towards Christian homeschoolers, but um, I know secular people really enjoy this curriculum as well. If you go to Mm christianbooks.com, you can browse through their curricula and it is wide and varied and you may not know where to go. If you go to a homeschooling conference, they usually have booths and tables with all kinds of curricula that you can go through. If you have a homeschooling co-op in your area, if you ask to get together and share curriculas, that's another way for you to get your hands on curriculum and like really hold it in your hand, flip through it, see if this is something your child can manage to do. Um, Personally, we used um, Science Shepherd. That's the new one for biology that we really. So my daughter is uh, doing biology this year and she's going through science shepherd and she really likes that. It's not for everybody. I do know that the science curricula through the good and the beautiful don't normally go up to high school level to make it high school level. When it is not a high school curriculum, it's more about hours and you can find supplemental material to do that. You can find it online. You can have, them go through free portals. there's online labs now where they can dissect things virtually. Um, but again, looking in your community, seeing what's out there already, there might be groups that do things for science. so you can shuffle off science to another teacher in in your group. So there's lots of options for science. I know that's the tricky one with people. I say get connected with your local community. That's number one. Number two, start shopping. And number three, really figure out how your child learns and mm-hmm. and how much time you're willing to put into this one subject. If you're spread out through a bunch of subjects, maybe you don't want to spend all the time. So maybe you get the KiwiCo box or another, um, the Mel labs are great for chemistry. Get a lab and supplement with living books. Maybe you can find literature um, the Good and the Beautiful just had a good one, um, Louis Pasteur. It's all about pasteurization, and it's mm-hmm. a living book that we went along with microbiology this year. It was super easy. So yeah. lots of ways. I to think
0: do it. I think you were, I think you were really on point with um. Like I love the fact that you let your kids like after like reading, writing, and arithmetic are the things that I'm like you have to do. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, like, even with the older kids, I'm like, okay, so what science do you want to learn? Like, what do you, what interests you? Like what history books do you want to read? And just making sure that your kids actually enjoy what they're studying. Cause I have found my kids, they do better at their writing assignments. They do better at like, even just like like, being involved in their school, Mm -hmm. if they have a say in what they're doing. So once they get their reading, writing and arithmetic down. I don't care what their interests are. Like we'll we'll fit science and history and all those other extra things in there based off their interests. Right. And I think that's such a gift to our kids. And it's teaching them this is why we learn. Mm -hmm. We learn so that you can pursue what you're called to do in life and you'll know how to study those things in the future. And I think that sometimes we very missed um Mm -hmm. because we're so focused on trying to make sure every standards. Yes, every T Mm -hmm. is crossed and every I is dotted. And that's another thing, even with like I love how the good and the beautiful cause um each unit they do a review. It's not yes. I don't even know if it's called a test. It's not it um uh, I say assessment. Yeah, assessment. And I love that because yes. like I don't want my kids to be like, I'm testing you. No, I'm reviewing. Did you get did, did you, you get the information? So
1: we can move forward. That's yeah. what I always tell my girls too, because we use the good and the beautiful math as well. And that they do that with units. You know, they have an assessment mm-hmm. just to see. And I'm like, it's it's not a punishment or a test it's do you understand it because if you don't we need to stay back yeah, a little back and bit and make it. sure that we understand it before we move forward otherwise yeah. it's all going to snowball on each other right. yeah. and i love that and i also love how the good and the beautiful is levels yes um it's Courses. it's not a grade it it's not grade levels it's just level 1 level 2 level 3 yep. wherever you are it doesn't matter what grade you're in yep. it just matters to start where
0: your abilities are and move forward yes yep. yes so That's, that's, I just, I think that's really awesome that, that you let your kids do that. So let's talk about math. Okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and just say what we use, what I love. And for grades, I actually take my kids from sec. If they, once they get into second grade, I put them right into teaching textbook, which starts at level three. And I leave them on that. I love teaching textbooks because it's very self-led, anything Mm -hmm. that could be self-led. I've heard people say like, oh, well, your kids can cheat, whatever. You can work around that. You can make sure they don't. My kids have not cheated on their math and I have full control over the background and what's going on. And um, so if that's concern, I don't know, maybe it's not for you, but to me, it's not a concern because I know the system and I know my kids know the system. Um, I love, one of the things I love about it is at the end of the year, you literally just with one click of a button, you can print their entire grade off. Everything mm-hmm. they did and that, it, it keeps it like, it keeps the percentage score. It keeps the letter score and all that. I love that because it's something I don't have to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Like they have it right printed off from that grade. So that is currently what I use for grade two and up, honestly. Um, But I don't know, you guys probably use different ones. I use
1: the good and the beautiful. I've also tried um, master books. I liked master books. It's more of a storybook form. So if you have a learner that, that, or a child that learns more, in storybook form. And, um, that may be an option for you to kind of read the story and then they have some problems that go along with the story and how it all works together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked master books. I keep going back to the good and the beautiful, mostly because I know it's, it's got all of the meat that I need mm-hmm. in it. Um, I, it just has so complete and it's so hard to find that now, granted after meeting Andrea this year, or it, we have, friends for like a year and a half two years yeah well yeah. Probably, almost two years. probably a year and a half because i, I said yeah anyways um since in and learning about teaching textbooks we are probably going to try teaching textbooks next year because i am looking for more um hands-off student-led if they can learn in ways i love doing language arts and i'll continue to do that because that's my favorite mm-hmm. subject anyways mm-hmm. <laughs> um but if i can find ways to help them in other areas where they can, I, they, one can be doing math while I'm doing language arts mm-hmm. and filtering them through that way. That is going to be beneficial for us. So we're going to try teaching textbooks next year, um, but so far we've used Master Books for half of a year and we've used The Good and the Beautiful.
2: Okay.
0: So what about you, Ariel? Give I us use, your math.
2: Yeah, I've always used Matthew C. I've used it since they were in yeah. preschool. Yeah. yeah, I really like how it, it's a mastering effect. You build on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um for me right now, it's minimal inputs. Um, I think, so this is how it runs for us. On Mondays, I read the parent portion that teaches the student a new concept. We go through a couple of the problems, and then they have the whole week to do the rest of their lessons, and they test out on Friday. Now, when the children get old enough, they tend, especially if they like math, they tend to want to take it on themselves, and they go ahead and they just read at -hmm. the beginning. So I don't even need to do anything but grade tests at this point Um, but I really like that it builds on itself and staying within that curriculum has has done really well for our family we did supplement a little bit with the good and the beautiful math and it was cool for when my son was young Um, and he really liked that there was more pictures more color more more activity based um, But Matthew C does have the visual aids that come with it that's tactile. Lots, that gonna take yeah. out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they can really see it. But it's math. If you love it, you love it. If you don't, you tend to not love it. But you have to tell yourself you love it yeah. anyway because it's math. So you're going to use it. You have it. It
1: to. Yep. You yep. can't stop at a third grade level. I'm
0: really sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Things you yep. say to your children during math. Uh, no, uh-huh. you, you love math. Uh huh. Uh huh. You
0: love uh-huh. it. You love <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. look in the mirror and say, I yeah. love that. Say it. i <laughs> trying that. Yeah. So, all right. So I want to move on to, um, I want to discuss littles. I'm, I love teaching littles. Like I had just, my four-year-old just got into that where she knows sight words and she's being able to piece things together, but I want to address the little ones because I get messages from moms that, I mean, some of them are spending six to eight hours a day teaching a curriculum to their their little first graders and it's because that's the curriculum they bought and stuff like that you do not need to spend that much time Mm -hmm. with your little person I have taught most of my kids and I'm not saying everybody has to do this pick their age if their age is six years old in your state and that's how long you want to wait you wait however because of my teaching style like and I I have chosen to teach my kids that I could earlier because it takes 15 minutes a day Sometimes 20 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you need any more than that. Like four years old, she's reading, she's doing math, she's doing like all the things that I feel like are important for her to have at four years old. I mean, she'll be going into first grade probably at five. I did not have to spend six hours. Mm -hmm. I spent 20 minutes a day. And if the second she starts, like your child starts getting like antsy or like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, just let him go. Like, because quite frankly, the next day they're going to come back with more oomph. Some days, like I have yet to have a day with Zoe where she was like, I don't want to do school. In fact, she's over obsessed with it. She wants to do it twice, twice a day and seven times on Sunday. Like I just, you don't need more than 20 minutes a day. And I cannot emphasize that enough. So find a curriculum that fits your teaching style. And I also want to say for me, I have focused on more reading than I do any other subject. So, one of the reasons I start that young is because I can just really hone in on reading. Mm-hmm. Math, I bring it in when I feel like they've gotten reading pretty good. But before that, I just hone in on reading. Mm-hmm. Um, Letter Factory is a really good resource, I would say, for teaching um, little kids how to read. Yep. My kids will watch that. Like, I'll let them watch that every single day until they know the ABCs backwards and forwards. And I've done that with all of my kids. And that has helped ease them into reading so they know what you know what it looks like. Um This is actually the first year I've used Good and the Beautiful. I have used their Level K for teaching oh, love Zoe.
2: Love the um, literature and how it builds. Yeah. It's, it's exactly yes. what yes. it needs to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. And I also love that they have the booster cards with it, that like with sight words and all that stuff. I can't, we should get paid for
1: saying how much I love that, Good and the Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But I will say even with the Good and the Beautiful, so my youngest- math has always been her strong subject and reading was has not been and um kind of piggyback what you said when you when even though the lessons are short sometimes even though short lessons were too much for her she would see, i could just see it in her eyes like i'm these are it's all just jumbling up and we just stop yep even though she was in kindergarten even though you know she was six, and we the lessons aren't that long, I learned very early on: do not power through. Yeah, <laughs> if you power through to the point of them frustrated in tears, yeah. you've you've not succeeded yes. in teaching them anything. Uh-huh. And so um, now there's a fine line because kids will learn to play that. Yep, um, but especially at that young age as soon as you lose their eyes you've lost them completely yes. and don't power through this blood
0: and plague yep it's and even if you through.
1: have a short lesson that the good and the beautiful
0: does even if they don't make it through that short lesson that's okay yeah <laughs> i promise you they will make they it will. through the book yes like yeah just have to give them that grace to to yes. just go move on with their life and use their little imaginations like they're yes. their children let them yes. live their life and um just so i want to ask you ariel sure. i'm gonna have you touch on this And I know probably all of us have a little bit that we can add to this. Um, What do you do if your child strongly dislikes a subject Mm, they're learning? I need this right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If they strongly dislike a subject that they're learning. So this this piggybacks, Stephanie, on what you were saying about not, not powering through. I wouldn't necessarily power through. Personally, I would, before I dropped it because I don't like to drop it right away. So um, yeah. I, like I like to try and give it its best mm-hmm. shot. I make it fun first and you have to hit on their senses to make it fun. So engage the five senses, bring in food, bring in taste, bring in touch, bring in sensory items, in, include breaks in your lesson. So maybe your lesson is two pages long or you have to read this section or they have to write this essay break whatever it is up into small bite-sized pieces and really break those things down into steps for them. Walk it with them. You won't have to walk with them forever.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, this is
2: different if you have a special needs child or someone with um, dyslexia or or another difficult learning curve. Um, with those, I would say you've got to learn how to grow patience and, and be um, determined in your work. You're, if you're going to steward a child through teaching, you have to take your time with it. And it can't be about you. It's got to be about the child. But you'll know when, when the child has quit and no longer wants to do anything else with that subject, hands off, take a break, you know, mm-hmm. and, and walk away, do something that they want to do instead. Do the field trip, go outside. Fresh air is one of the best, breaks that you could possibly have. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say definitely, if you could, if you could engage their senses into this, Mm -hmm. you're going to make the experience memorable. And that's one of the biggest things that you can do so that their retention rate goes up, because that's one of the biggest struggles that we have is we teach these children all of these things too young, aside from what they need to know, right? Like they need to learn how to read and how to write and how to do simple math. And they're gonna hang on to that because you're drilling that almost every day, their entire growing up education. But the bigger things, you want them to remember dates on history when they're 10 years old, like, okay. It doesn't make sense. If if you remember the dates, good on you. That's good. I don't think you should expect too much out of children at different ages high school is a different subject, I think they need to be challenged a lot. And if you have a child who is more um, of a brainiac, sure, challenge them. That's great.
1: Well, I think too, when they get to high school, it's, you're now honing in on what do they want to do when they're Mm -hmm. an adult. And so if they want to do a profession that is strong in math, then we really need to work strong in math and get those, you know, so I think it, At that point, then it's, it's less about, this is what you need to know and more about what do you want to do? And let's, let's get you set up to do that. Right. Whatever that looks like.
0: Yeah. And I also want to add for littles. Okay. So sometimes when my kids get a little, like, say, I just want to power through one more little thing. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember the word. It like totally left my mind, but basically having mini chocolate chips is like having (laughs) a million dollars. Right. (laughs) like, you children, bribe, bribe 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 your children. <laughs> yes, I bribe with mini chocolate chips uh-huh and here's the thing here's here's my trick so if, like if I need them to read, I'll have my mini chocolate chip. don't get big ones because you want to have you don't want them to have yeah. like, too much sugar. get the mini ones, and every word they read, you stick it in a pile, don't let them eat it right away because they just have it's like they're that's their bed watching their pile grow, yeah so. When they're to the point where they're like, oh, mom, I can't do this. Or I don't feel like doing this anymore. And I just want that last little bit because then I could celebrate the lesson is finished. Mm-hmm. That's when the bank starts. Mm-hmm. And they love it. Like you were right. If they get something right, if they read a lesson like this morning, I was doing a lesson with Zoe this morning. She read something that was incredible. And I was so proud of her and I screamed. And she was, I just wanted to be so excited. Like she knows this is an exciting moment in her life. Yes. And yeah. And just make, if your attitude is like, oh my gosh, I don't want to teach my kids this or I'm mm-hmm. really struggling. It's going to affect the way mm-hmm. they respond to you. So I do encourage you to make sure you have a curriculum you love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't care what we recommended on here, it might not work for or you. Yes. You find something you love. Yeah and make sure your attitude's kind of good because that really helps. Um yeah, and if it's present. not good, just wait. Yeah, just wait and just it's okay. It's okay. So just wait for a little while. Yeah. Um and celebrate. If they do something amazing, yeah. celebrate that. Give them a gift so like take them somewhere. Like we have something with our kids. If you finish a grade, I try to make sure they have something to celebrate that they finish their grade. Don't be weird and extravagant. Extra- extravagant. Yes. <laughs> what she said. And and like, you know, break your bank, but just like, Hey, you know, we're going to go do a picnic today because of that. Or we're going to, you know, just think of things like that. The littlest
1: things make such a big deal yes. to them. And you so- don't need to, you may not even meet be a big deal but to them it means everything yes one of the things that i do i have one child that struggles in math big time and has from it just doesn't make sense to her and um two things that i've done with her to help and i'm not perfect at it we still have our struggles almost weekly but we we are learning and growing together is one when i am trying to teach her a concept and i can just tell she's resisting completely and not getting it we pause and i pull my husband in He works on farms. So that's easy. Or we wait till the evening time, having somebody else approach it in a different way. She was having such a hard time with clocks and I couldn't figure out how to like, I, I even had to like stop and breathe. And I'm like, I don't know how else to explain this. She just wasn't, it was not connecting on any level. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even in my own brain, I'm like, I'm not mad at you. I just don't know how else to Explain this yeah. to you to to get you to understand. Yeah. Let's wait for daddy. Yes, right. he's gotten it for her. So anytime clocks come up, I just move yep. her along to daddy. Yep, <laughs> um, that's the first okay. thing. And the other thing is, is she is my physical touch baby from the from itty bitty. She loves to be. That's her love tank. If she's mm-hmm. having a hard time, she just wants to be hugged. And that's mm-hmm. not mine. I that is my last thing that I think to do. And I've had to learn. Yes. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes when she starts putting her heels in, if I just rub her back or put my hand on her or hug her mm-hmm. for 30 seconds, all of a sudden her body just relaxes yeah. and she's willing to listen to me again in what I'm explaining. Yes. And so maybe figuring out um, how your child perceives that love. Yeah. And for me, it's words of affirmation. If you tell me I'm doing good all day long, I'm, my love tank can blow through the roof. Yeah. That's not her. She could care less if you tell her she's doing good. Yeah. She wants to be touched.
0: Yeah. And that's that's actually really good to know. That that kind of leads into the next thing is like talking learning style. Mm-hmm. That that would actually I would say I would say play with that. I know we're going to have to do another episode on homeschooling probably yes. on a different a few but this one I want I want to <laughs> <laughs> I want to at least end with the talking about learning styles because yeah. So I you know a lot of times when people like start homeschooling or they've been homeschooling hopefully if you've been homeschooling for a while you've kind of got the picture that you're not going to school you're actually homeschooling
1: yeah
0: but they want their kids to sit there at their desk mm-hmm. and like write their, you know dude some of my kids they had to have a book and they had to be like marching in place while they were doing this stand the on stuff. their head while they're doing it. yes <laughs> and, and just realizing like or some kids had to hop across the thing or mm-hmm. we'd have to dance around the room as we're learning like how to spell something mm-hmm. yeah like your kids are going to learn something. some of my kids need a very quiet place mm-hmm. where they could just focus and not be you know interrupted by anything in life but just learning how your kids learn like my my one son um he did way better when I would like switch up where I homeschooled him like one day I would maybe homeschool at the kitchen table he was my marching in place guy and then (laughs) one day I would maybe sit out on a picnic blanket and and like Mm -hmm. or one day I'd sit by a window which I had to be careful because he loves nature. So he would like stare at the window a lot, but it was just different. It was having like that switch up. Like he didn't just have the same thing he was trying to do and just trying to learn, learn your child and know each of them are probably very different. Mm -hmm. So if you try to approach them the same way that it could actually be very bad for both of you. Um, So it's not a cookie cutter with homeschooling. That's the beauty of homeschooling. You get to know your children. Mm -hmm. You get to do one-on-one with them. And learn more about them. There's so many levels to learning th- this, um, but I'm going to let Ariel give it a perspective on this as well, yeah. and then we'll go to Stephanie.
2: Okay, so there's lots of different learning styles that your child might have with homeschooling. If you're not sure how to go about figuring out what they are, I highly suggest going to your local school, asking that question of a teacher or um, a para or someone who's there. They can help you figure it out, or you can hop online and you can figure out personalities, first of all, that's a big one to know. Um, and then what are the learning styles as, as far as teaching with your learning styles, you have to be fluid. You have to adapt with your child. Um, it's a relationship. It's not just, if you were a public schooler and you're used to that model, it's not going to look like that. Usually. I mean, I know some parents who do end up love. Having one spot, it's a desk and they go through the day. It's an eight hour day. It's a long day for them. And the parents are heavily involved. Usually those parents have burnout in my experience. You have to have balance because homeschool is life school. It's you're doing it while you're living. And so most of the time, the homeschoolers I find tend to do more unschooling, which if you're unfamiliar with that term, it's more of there's no paperwork. You're just living life and you're learning from things around you. You're observing, you're a scientist all day long. So mm-hmm. learning what your child's style of learning is, is huge for you. And then you need to know how you are going to interact with your child, mix it up, make it fun. Don't always stick to one type because burnout's real and children get bored. Um, my sister had my, uh, niece and nephew on life books for their entire homeschool life. And she highly regrets it because it was a fill in the bubble type of curricula. And, um, they would just sit down every day, read what they needed to read, fill in the bubbles. And then that was it. They didn't retain anything. And we're going to talk about that more, but we need to know that our children are retaining the information that they're getting Mm -hmm. at least once they hit 12. I mean, there's leeway for all kinds of situations, but you want your child to remember things. So you have to also think with their learning style, how can I make this moment memorable if it's something that you think is important for them to keep in their mind for life? Those are my thoughts.
1: Well, and that's, that's so true for us. It's even like making it applicable, you know? So when you, you know, my daughter that struggles in math so much, we just started very little bit, but just started the basis of fractions and she's getting them right now and she's doing great, but we've applied that over to cooking because she loves to cook and to bake with me. Fractions are in that. You know, if if your recipe is calling for a half a cup and you only have a one cup measuring cup, what are you going to do, you know, Mm -hmm. and applying that over and she loves being out with the cattle and my husband. And so when we're, you know, when we were doing place values and big place values, when we're weighing big sets of cattle, it was perfect to have her posted up at the scale and reading off those numbers and showing her how important it is. And my husband would tell her, this is why math is important because if you mix up any of these numbers, it throws the entire weight off and and that changes our weights for the trucks or the, you know, all the way down the line in our living. Mm -hmm. And, um, so making school, you, there are things you just have to learn, but making it apply to their life and, um it it that's when the re- retention happens when it applies to their life i think if, can, if it's it.
0: tangible and they can physically okay yes. so like if you have a curriculum and you're like i said it, it takes me about three maybe three and a half hours to actually get through all my kids language arts of course they have to do their math on mm-hmm. their own because that's and then they, they can bring it to me if they need help but if your curriculum does not include teaching your children the basic of life mm-hmm. like how to do laundry how to cook how to clean hmm there's just no amount of book work you can do that will give you those experience that only a right. parent can give. So I don't care if you go to public school, Christian school, homeschool, do your best to teach your children these things Basics that, of life. yes, that, yeah. that they can actually, like, do they know how, like, do they know how to grow food? I mean, mm-hmm. even if you don't have a garden, can you at least research how to grow food mm-hmm. or learning what soil is like? Research the things that they're good, they could need later in life mm-hmm. to take care of their own basic needs. So, mm-hmm. that's that's something that has kind of shifted like over the last several years for me when homeschooling is like learning how to take care of their basic needs takes high priority to me. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else, as much as I want them to learn and succeed in that, which they are at this point, the basic needs make sure that is part of your curriculum. Mm-hmm. If you're doing more book work and that's causing stress set do less do less book work mm-hmm. and focus more on basic needs yeah. and and teaching them that kind of stuff because that is very lacking mm-hmm. in our in our school system today is you know they used to have sewing they used to have woodworking yeah all kinds of mm-hmm. skills and stuff and, yep. <laughs> neck, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah that was a big part of high school I didn't yeah. go to yep. I didn't have I didn't have that option in high school
0: yeah so just recognize as a parent that's something that you can teach your children yeah. that no one else can because they do live with you yeah um so that actually we like i said i i feel like we're trying to keep our episodes tight and yeah, yeah. like reasonable it's not rambling <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and just like not super long where moms like us can actually sit and listen to them so yeah. this is definitely i'm going to save some of the notes from this because i kept a bunch here mm-hmm. and at some point we're going to have to do another episode on mm-hmm. homeschooling and maybe even something that's A. Q&A. yep so that's going to wrap up today's episode on homeschooling. That is honestly just a conversation. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what we want these episodes to be is just discussing life with your friends, what's worked for you, what's not worked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will do one in the future again for homeschooling with Q and A's, hopefully that we get from listeners. Um, the next episode is going to be on mom guilt. And this is something that I'm very passionate about as well. I don't know that there's anything in this I whole think she's going to say that I'm on passionate every episode every,
2: episode. every episode she's going to say. Every
0: episode is passionate. Yeah. Why are we talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to cover mom guilt because I hear that a lot. I mean, I even heard somebody, um, I think it was actually you that sent it to me the other day. Like I do a lot on social media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love social media. And, you know, you hear things from, I've never had it said to me, but I've heard it from other, you know, people that do social media. Mm-hmm things like, well, you're only showing the good parts of your life. And that might be true, okay? Mm -hmm. Quite frankly, there is a lot of peace in our home and I'm very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. However, I think that it's, I'm not gonna share when I'm correcting my child. (laughs) I I don't quite frankly wanna see someone else doing that. Like social media, let the person who's actually feeding into you encourage you, take the good and leave the bad, like like, eat the meat and leave the bones. And if they're not encouraging you, there is an unfollow button. Like, <laughs> so just keeping in mind that sometimes the mom who you're seeing or the, the person you're seeing share their life openly, they're doing it because they want to inspire other people. They're child. taking
1: the good pieces of their days and sharing the good pieces. they we it, all yes. have good pieces. Yes. I mean, we all have good pieces of our days yep. and we all have maybe pieces that we... Go to bed and wish we didn't have that yes. day. Yeah. But I like Andrew said, I don't want to see those pieces of people day. When I get on, I want to see the good pieces.
0: Yes, because like to me, dealing with your children is very private. Like yes. it, I don't even I don't even like correcting them in front of their own siblings. I would rather just sit down with them and have a relationship discussion with them. Right. And that is not gonna be recorded. Like <laughs> I want my kids to be, feel like their privacy yes. is protected in that way. So that being said, like what? Social media, I know plays into a lot of mom guilt, like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing everything that person is doing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know what? They're a mom just like you, and you are the best mom for your children. So I'm not going to give away everything. I think we just need to go on to the next episode and, and we'll talk. talk
1: about that. Mom we'll talk guilt. About
0: that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mom guilt. Be there. Or be square. Yes. <laughs> yep. So yeah. we'll, we'll close this one out and we'll see you on the next episode. See you next time. You've been
2: listening to the whole topic podcast. To hear more, to see behind the scenes, or to get a hold of us directly, visit our socials, Facebook and Instagram, The Whole Topic Podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Andrea, visit her blog at DearMark23.com, where she talks about whole foods, whole grains, and whole living. If you'd like to hear more from Stephanie, visit TheRanchersHomestead.com, where she talks about simple living, gluten-free recipes, and farm life. If you'd like to see more from me, visit wildandforgedcare.com, where I talk about simple living, wild recipes, and natural remedies. Thank you for listening, and God bless.